the point of the homepage is to get them in farther to your site before making that sale. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, welcoming to the show, Alana Davis. And uh, well, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. You know, learning how to say people's names. This is it's <laughs> gonna be a running joke in this podcast. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. We like to make fun of ourselves whenever we possibly can. So awesome. So you you like to bill yourself as a Shopify superhero. Let's, you know, with superheroes, they have origin stories. So what's yours? <laughs> you know, I don't have any of those uh super fun superpowers unless you consider myself as a triplet as a superpower, but maybe that is, I don't know. I, I think that's a superpower. <laughs> that's a super mom for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Four kids, uh, all, three of them all the same age. I can't even imagine. No. Um, my background actually is in HR. So I um, had worked within many startup companies for about 10 plus years within HR and then realized that that was not where I wanted to live and ended up exploring my web design and development more. And so since then, I've been working with e-commerce shops, both on um, the app support side for my husband and then also myself now focusing on... Um, pretty much salvaging websites. And that's why uh, I call myself a superhero because I am here to rescue your website so that you don't have to go through a full redesign and spend a bunch of money on something that's not trusted. Yeah, that's a great product offering in the service industry. And we'll get we'll get more into kind of like what website rescues are and like kind of the process behind them in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think we do a disservice if we didn't give a quick shout out to your husband's app because I do enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah. So my husband is Eric Dave Davis. Uh, he uh, runs LittleStream Software and he's the maker of JSON LD for SEO. I highly encourage that you check it out. It does structured data for your store. And it is one of those like magic things that just sort of happen in the background to help you boost your SEO. Yes. It's, uh, it's a great app. Uh, we've used it at the agency on a couple stores. Uh, it's got my recommendation. So if you don't have uh, SEO sorted yet for your store... You haven't anyone look for it. This is like a quick win to get it done. Getting the structured data yeah. into Google. Just Google structured data for e-commerce. And then you're going to be like, I need this. And then yes. that's exactly what you do. <laughs> so today, uh, we're going to focus on something that we haven't talked about on the show. So I'm like super excited about this, which is your Shopify homepage, which people do a lot of stuff wrong. People stumble across doing things right. But I would say... The homepage is probably one of the most unstructured pieces of the website for most e-commerce brands because they don't believe its job is like to get sale. I don't know. We can we can get really into it. So, uh, where where would you like to start with this? Yeah, I mean, why don't we talk a little bit about you know the the mistakes that people make because you sort of touched on it a little bit. Um, so people look at their homepage as just a stopping point. And oftentimes it's to push sales. Oftentimes they're depending on 
the customer just to know where they're supposed to go. And so a, a homepage, you know, is not just this sign on the front of your door. If you're, you know, a, a brick and mortar store, it's not the sign on your door that brings them in. The the homepage is all of the information that tells us who you are that makes them want to look further. And so oftentimes people mistake it as just a stopping point and it's not. I think uh, my best educated guess will be people put effort where the money is. And yeah. especially with retargeting and just best practices with advertising, most of the time ads are going to a specific landing page or a product page. So that that's pretty much where people are putting the most attention. Which is actually funny because the first place people are probably visiting your website organically is the homepage. So it's like counterintuitive. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Is that, you know, the two most common pages that people visit on your site is either going to be a product page, as you mentioned, or your homepage. And the product page would be if it's someone actually linked to that page, then it would be more of an organic piece like that. Or maybe it shows up on search based on what you're looking for. But typically it's ad related. But the homepage is when someone is, you know, organically finding you. And that is where people spend the majority of their time to make sure that they know who you are before they even make that purchase. So they're going to look at the product page, but then they're going to go back to your homepage to figure out who the heck you are before they buy anything. Absolutely. Want to get each new episode of Honest Ecommerce sent straight to your phone? Join our VIP texting list for updates on new episodes and exclusive deals from our partners. Text Honest VIP, that's H O N E S T VIP, to 72599 to join. By the way, we're powering our text messages with Postscript, the number one text message marketing app for Shopify stores. Check out the show notes for a link to install Postscript for free today. So let's let's get into it. What are the two to three biggest mistakes that you see most Shopify store owners? And this is this isn't just Shopify, honestly. This is e-commerce in general. Um, what are the what what are the mistakes that they're making on their homepage? Well, I think the first thing that comes to my mind that and actually it drives me bananas is they push too hard on the sale. So what I mean by that is when you first land on a homepage, usually within seconds. And I mean like two seconds, if that, you have a pop-up in your face. And that is the equivalent of you walking into a brick and mortar store and the salesperson jumping into your face saying, Hi, how can I help you? Do you want this? Here, buy this. Buy this right now. Come here. Buy this. And it's like, Oh my gosh, you're driving me crazy. And I remember being in a, a store many years ago. I won't name it. But literally within 30 minutes of me walking around the store, I had 10 different customer service reps come up to me and say, How can I help? How can I help? How can I help? And there has to be that balance between the pop-up in my face that says, Hey, you want to sign up? Hey, buy this, whatever it is, and allowing people to learn who you are. So that goes into my second mistake of not enough information on your homepage. And when you land on someone's homepage, there should be key things such as who you are and what you do and why we should buy from you. The other piece of that is going to be your navigation menu and making it really, really simple for people to figure out what products you're actually selling and how to get to those pages. So there has to be good communication and clear um, direction 
that you're giving your customers on where you want them to go. Think of it like a map, right? Like a store map. And you have to say, I want you to follow this path in order to make a purchase as opposed to buy, buy, buy. So those are probably the top 2 mistakes that I see. Yeah, I can't I can't agree with you more. Um people aren't using storytelling right. in their in their copy on their homepages, which is like any marketing book, marketing 101 will tell you storytelling is going to sell more than values and benefits. Yeah, and oftentimes when I see that, when I talk with store owners, it's often that they don't fully understand why people buy from them or they don't understand what sets them apart. They think they know, but they don't really know. And there there's a big difference between what you want to set yourself apart from other people and what people see you as. And so it's really important to understand how your customers see you and what they look for when they're coming to your store. Yeah, um don't be the store owner that is like, I know what they want. They're buying yes. all this stuff from me. And then it's like, cool. When's the last time you did like a customer survey or you you reached out and like interviewed your customers? Yeah. Never. Like that's 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 a complete lie. Then you don't know your customer. You don't know why they're buying from you. You just happen to have a product people want. You need to find out why. Exactly. Like you could accidentally find a gold line. That doesn't mean you know how you found it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a great analogy. And then the second thing you brought up, I think is the number one easiest way to make more money as an e-commerce brand, especially if you've got more than one product on your store, is making your navigation make sense. Yes. It's so difficult to buy from people sometimes because they don't understand it from a customer's perspective. So this goes back to the first thing, interview your customers. Like it's yeah. for example, I I'm not gonna use a, uh, a specific example, but like I've seen leads come in before and they'll have a widget, right? They're selling a product. And they've got like nine variations of the same product. But when I go to the page, it's like every product kind of looks unique. So I don't know if I actually need to go through all nine of these products or if each of them are the same. There's just something a bit different about them. And the way that you lay that information out to you makes a bunch of sense because you're so close to the product as the owner. You're like, yeah, like these are the differences. Me as a general browser of the website, I'm like, is this nine different products or is this one product with nine different options? And the difference between those, like a statement just like that, that simple, is the difference between me knowing I want to buy that one product and just figure out what the option is, or me having to research these nine products and figure it out because I don't want to do that. I'm a busy person. I've got a life. I'm not going to research it. You've just lost a sale. Well, exactly. And that's why I say, and you mentioned this before too, of telling your story, right? Like if I understand who you are, what you're selling, and why I should buy from you, then it's easier for me to make that decision. But if I have to think, if I have to figure out what it is that you're even trying to sell to me, or like you said, nine different products versus one, and I just have to pick a different color or whatever it is, like you're making it too complicated. And the the hard thing that many store owners do or don't do is that they don't actually look at their website from the customer standpoint. They are so close to it, as you mentioned. And it's really easy to get distracted by what you think it's supposed to do versus what it actually does. Think of it like a mosaic, right? When you when you look really closely, you just see a whole bunch of little pieces. But when you step back and you look at the bigger picture, there's an actual design that's in there. You can actually see what it is that I'm supposed to be looking at. And so you have to step back. You have to look at your site from the customer's standpoint and get rid of all of your assumptions as you're going through it. 
one really cool trick that I've done is have um, a family member who has maybe never looked at your site or someone who you just casually met and say, Hey, do you mind walking through this for me and tell me what you think? But doing user experience uh, surveys are incredibly important for this because and that way you actually get paid, pay someone to do it. But then you're getting real feedback. Because what happens is when you have someone look at your site or you're doing it yourself, then they're not looking at it from the standpoint of here's how to improve it. They're just going to say, this is wrong. I don't understand what it is you want me to do here. And that only gives you so much leeway to make improvements. Yeah, that's a good kind of suggestion there. Let's be honest today, all of your customers are going to have questions. And what are you doing to manage all those questions? Do you have a help desk for your business? One of our sponsors of today's episode is Gorgeous. And Gorgeous is the number one rated help desk for e-commerce. It integrates seamlessly with Shopify. We have installed it on a bunch of stores. It's also used by brands like Movement and Rothy's. And what it does is it takes all of your customer insights and information, brings it into one amazing dashboard so you can solve their problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.link slash honest. That's G-O-R... G-I-A-S dot L-I-N-K slash H-O-N-E-S-T to get your second month free. I, going back just to the navigation and like having products with a bunch of options. Yeah. This like dawned on me as we were talking about it. Like, I don't know who needs to hear this or who is saying this, <laughs> but you don't need a high SKU count to be successful. Some of the most successful stores in e-commerce have one product that sells very well and then maybe some upsells after that in the kind of in the funnel. It's you don't need a high skew count. Like people I see people often like finding one winning product and then just adding in a bunch of different options on it. And then they kind of immediately have that problem I just described. Like you don't need a high skew count. You need to make a very educated like addition to your website. What do people actually want? What should the next logical step be here? Not just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks because you found one that works. Yeah. And again, remember that the purpose of your homepage is actually to get people to look further into your site. It's not meant to get them to buy right away. It's get it's meant to make them look further. So if you think of the homepage as the entrance to your your brick and mortar store, and you actually want them to come in about two feet just to look at what's on sale, right? And then when they come into two feet, they see what's on sale and then they see something else that's a little bit farther into the store that might pique their interest and then might pique their interest and so on and so on. So the point of the homepage is to get them in farther to your site before making that sale. The navigation menu is the map that tells them where they have to go to look further. And so it's really important to look at it from... How do I say this? Challenge yourself to look at your navigation menu differently. So if you have you know, 10 top main categories on your top navigation, and then underneath that, you have subcategories that are like 20 different categories, rethink how it's structured and think about how your customers are coming into your store. What are they looking for? What are the needs they have? So for example... Um, if you if you sell clothing and your top navigation menu, you sell, let's pretend you sell both men and women's clothing. Your top navigation menu is t-shirts, it's pants, it's shorts, um, skirts, and then on sale items and then new items. Well, when I go in there, I'm not looking for shirts. I'm looking for women's shirts. That's the first thing I'm thinking about is women's, and then I want shirts and 
Chase might go in there and he's like, well, I don't want to look at women's. I only want to look at men. And then I want to look at pants. So if you rethink the way that people are shopping, the first thing that they're looking for should be your top navigation menu. And then your subcategories are like the shirts, the pants, you know, whatever it is that you're selling. So think about it differently and restructure your menu so that it's based on the way people operate and not your own assumptions. Yeah. And then everything we just discussed here goes beyond just the top line navigation on both desktop and mobile. You got to make it... Yeah. It's got to go on both and it's got to make sense on both. But it also goes into your collection pages and how you're filtering stuff. Oh, yes. It is just as important there because the Amazons, the Walmarts, the targets of the world are teaching people how to shop and how to filter and how to find exactly what they want on collection pages. And most free themes and some of the premium themes out there their filtering is garbage. Yeah. So, you know, that's something that you need to kind of consider. Be like, how does my website stack up against the browsing, browsability, the filtering of, you know, a big dog in the space? Yeah. And there does, I will say to you, like, there has to be some, you know, grain of salt when you're looking and comparing at some of these big dogs, if you will, because every store is different. Every customer is different. Every need is different. But the function of e-commerce is the same. And so you can look at the way different companies structure their product pages, the way that they structure their homepage, the way that they pull you in. But ultimately, every store is different. So the advice that you know we're talking about, I'm not being super specific about every single possible option because every industry is different. Every vertical is different. But the core function of e-commerce is going to be the same. And I'm telling you right now that the homepage is meant to pull you in. There are exceptions though. So can we talk about an exception? Yeah, I'd love it. The only exception that I can really think of, and I'm probably missing some, is like Chase mentioned before, if you have one product, for example maybe your homepage truly is like a landing page and that's it. Then you don't need them to come in farther, right? Your your, all, your whole sales piece, your whole pitch is on your homepage and maybe you only have a single page and that's perfectly fine. Then yes, have the buy now buttons, have the, you know, the the goal to convert them on that homepage because you're you're likely going to have a longer page than you would if you had multiple products to sell. So that's probably the one exception that I would say that the homepage is not meant to pull you in farther. Yeah. If you have a single product, your homepage essentially becomes a long-form sales letter for the product. Yeah. And then on that same note, because I sort of mentioned it too, is don't be afraid to make your homepage or your product page long. You know, So many people... Um, look at this idea of above the fold, if you will. And everything has to be shoved up above the fold because people don't scroll. And uh, I have to make sure that I get them to buy from the top of that that fold. Okay, I'm telling you that's BS. Like you don't you use your page. You know, the space on your your website is free. You're not paying per character, you're not paying per scroll that someone has to do. So use the space that you have, expand out, provide them the information, be explicit on who you are, what you do, and why they should buy from you, and encourage people to learn more with the space that you have. Don't feel like you have to condense it all. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Klaviyo. Klaviyo helps brands deliver more personalized digital marketing experiences via email, SMS messages, social ads, and more. And since it's all driven by real-time e-commerce data, you can make sure every interaction feels more relevant. 
When you have a 360-degree view of the customer, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit Clavio.com to schedule a demo. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Let's run it back though to the homepage because that's what the topic it was supposed to be. But I, who you know, we, I like to get going deep and, and explain a bit more. So there's something else that's pretty popular addition to most homepages is like social feeds <sighs> and like primarily Instagram or maybe Twitter. You know, is like all over the social feed. Most most of the time, it's like above the footer at the bottom. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on that? I have serious thoughts on this. <laughs> so. Um, I'm actually really adamantly opposed to social feeds on your website. And that's because you've worked so hard to get people to your website, only then to ask them to click and go to your Instagram page, for example. And then what happens when they go to your Instagram page is they get distracted because they're scrolling at something else. And then they're like, Oh, look, someone's dog is at the beach. I want to go see the dog romp around or whatever. And then you've lost them. So... Encouraging people to go to your social media page should be reserved for your footer where you have your links where people can learn about you if you want to. But when you have those social feeds on your homepage that have the pretty pictures or whatever, you're encouraging people to leave your site and not buy and not learn more about you because they're going to get distracted. Yeah, you're essentially poking holes in your funnel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's like literally you're leaking it out. So I have recommendations for you so that you can still encourage people to engage with you socially, but you don't actually have to make them leave your site. So instead of having the Instagram feed, you can still have a section that looks like it's your Instagram feed, but it's really curated product photos or or maybe images that you have on your Instagram feed that you've inputted into your website. But when they click on those images, it actually takes you to a product page or a collection page or something like that that stays on your website instead of making them leave. Because when people are clicking on those images, they're probably not going to your Instagram. They're probably wanting to learn more about whatever was in that image. Exactly. It's instead of doing the easy default Instagram, just do you know a shop the look type feature. Exactly. And I think you're right though. That's what it is, right? Is that people want to make it easier and they want it just to automatically populate their website. But you know what? If it was easy, everyone would do it and everyone would be successful. And most people aren't successful when they do those things. Absolutely. So, you know, I guess that would be considering like how to break the rule on on that navigation, not the navigation, but on the Instagram feed is essentially recreate it, do a bit more work. And you know, turn it into a shop the look type feature. Yeah, and you can still update it, right? Like you know, let's say you you post something to Instagram, you can easily go in and and you can update those images. It's not like it's set in stone and you never get to change them again. I just don't think it's necessary to have it automatically populate for you. So reserve your your social media for your footer. Don't have an automatic feed on your site. You know, Encourage people to stay on your site more. And then if they want to actually learn about you through social, they'll go to your footer and they're going to click on it that way. Absolutely. So if I'm a, if I'm a store owner and I'm, you know, I'm hearing what we're talking about here and you start to have some questions, how do I evaluate if it's working? 
So I use uh, a couple different tools. You can use something like um, like Orange or Hotjar to actually evaluate what people are doing on your website. You know, how are they clicking? Are they scrolling down? Are they um, digging farther into your site? Using things like Google Analytics will help to, because really what you want to do again is get people to look farther at your site. So there should be a full funnel where people are coming to your homepage, for example. And then they're clicking through various pages before they actually make a purchase. And that means that they've been educated enough to make a purchase that they are informed and that they're not going to be calling you in a week and saying, I had no idea this is what it did. So use tools that are out there. Um, As I mentioned before, you can also uh, have user experience testing for your site. Hire someone to do a review for your website if that's what you want to do as well. But get someone who is not close to your site to give you genuine feedback. And if all they tell you is it looks good, they're probably not the right person to tell you what's working or what's not working. I've seen plenty of really great websites and there's always something you can improve on. Always. There is a balance though, right? Like At some point, you have to just go with it and you're going to say I'm going to I'm going to take this risk or I'm going to accept that it's not perfect and I have to spend my time on other things cuz you only have so much time to spend. But using tools like a Hotjar or like Lucky Orange will inform you of how people are using your site. Are they getting confused? Are they getting frustrated and are they just flat out bouncing and not really exploring your site any further? Absolutely. And then just like a note on Traffic bouncing. Sometimes it has nothing to do with your website as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it has everything to do with how targeted your marketing is. Yeah. If you're sending unqualified traffic to your website, they are getting there under false pretenses. And then once they realize what the website is, they're like, I don't, this isn't what I thought. This isn't why I want to be here. Yeah. I think a lot of people put a lot of weight on their bounce rate and it's important. It's a good metric to look at. But yeah, you know, especially if you're running ads or something like that, the law of numbers means that you're going to have more people on your site. And many of those people aren't going to buy. They were never going to buy, but they saw something that was like, Oh, what's that? And so you're, you have more visitors, but the conversion might go down when you spend some time and money on that because you're not honed in or you're not marketing to the right people. When you market to the right people, you have qualified people on your site, you have a higher likelihood of conversions and your bounce rate reduces. Yeah. Here's a complete fact is if you get into paid advertising, it doesn't matter what channel you're doing, you're going to be sending more traffic to your website and your conversion rate is absolutely going to drop. Yeah. And that's okay. Right? That's It's fine. You just have to know that it's going to happen. I think a lot of people make that mistake, which I know we're not talking about that piece today. But many people make that mistake where they're like, Oh, I did these ads and I assumed I would have a better conversion rate. It's like, no, the law of numbers tells you that you have more people. You can't have a higher conversion rate when you have more people that probably weren't ever going to buy. Absolutely. So let's pivot here quickly to you. you were, we were discussing kind of about uh, you know how to know if it's working for you. And then there's obviously an easy way to do it. Is it's just hire a consultant, talk to somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um. And you know, you you offer a service called a website rescue. It's not it's not a new idea in the ecosystem. You know, these these have been around forever. I know a lot of other people in the eco, in the system that do it. But kind of like what what's a process like that? Like how does that work? If you know someone is if if they were going to engage a consultant, what should they be expecting? Yeah. And so let me talk really quickly about hiring versus trying to do it yourself. Um, there is that fine line of you have to do things by yourself for a while, right? You 
you can't afford to hire someone else. And so you have to learn how it works. You have to learn what works for your business, what doesn't work. Uh, and then eventually you get to that point in your, your business where you are able to hire out. So hiring a consultant or an agency, you're hiring them for their expertise. And so I highly encourage that you trust them and throw everything that you know out the window and let them guide you in a direction. We have to lean on you as as a partner. We have to know, you know, what your business does and how you work. Like we're not going to provide recommendations that are blanketed because it doesn't work for everybody, but trusting someone to make changes to your site is really difficult. And the website rescue is focused on that. It's a two-week process where you know, we go through, we look at what's on your site, what changes we could recommend to either improve conversions or um, I've had some people where their goal is actually to reduce the number of customer service calls, like whatever your goal is, right? So we tailor the the changes that are being made to your site within a very short window of time that are all going to drive towards this goal that you have. And because it's a two-week window, you're reaping those rewards really quickly. You're able to understand the changes that we've made and are they making an impact or not. Um, and then if not, then you test something else and you work with it. And if they are fantastic, you run with it and you make more sales and it works for everybody. That's awesome. And if someone wants to learn more about that, where should they go? Um, so you can actually find me at alanadavis.com. It's I-L-A-N-A-D-A-V-I-S. Or type in websiterescues.com and that will come to my site as well. Awesome. Is there anything I forgot to ask you that you think would be worthwhile sharing with our audience? Uh, don't think so. <laughs> yeah, we, we, had, we had a plan for this one. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io slash connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.